I remember from that trip, I had like your moment with your parents when yeah. you went to your parents' house. That was my time. I went outside and was walking up and down the street with the on the phone with my mom, just bawling, saying, I think when I come home, I have to move out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just am like such a mess. And just trying to like, like it says in this journal entry, like rack my brain of how I can get you to connect with me. What's up, everybody? This is Matt here with the Husband-in-Law Podcast. This is where we share our stories of love, ex-love, marriage, ex-marriage, divorce, ex-divorce, and coming out of a closet that needed to be open, and so much more. This podcast is for those who are looking to up their relationship game by understanding first yourself, and then others, like your wife, your husband, and your wife's ex-husband, on a whole new level. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. Let's get this party started. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Husband-in-Law Podcast. I was just sitting here silently because... Yeah. We're used to Jessica starting The guys out. always yeah. make fun of me because I start the podcast. And so I want to see if either of them would yeah. start it. And so I decided I'd take the initiative and start the podcast. I thought you were going to do it in Spanish. Oh. Oh, that was Matt's Spanish Los voice. Bienvenidos, a... Bienvenidos a nuestro podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it is Sabado Gigante. <laughs> You're good at that. Thanks, I practice. Is that where you got your announcing voice from? Was from your Spanish speaking? Yeah, watching uh, Telemundo. Yeah. Yeah. You just transferred that Every over? Every Saturday, I'd turn that on. I want to listen to that guy say, It is Sabado Gigante. <laughs> <laughs> I just got that. <laughs> All right. Manzana, manzana, manzana. I loved hearing oh, that in the mornings. <laughs> that was one of my favorite things to hear in the mornings when they were out selling apples and fruit in Where? the streets. In, in Where Ecuador? In Ecuador and uh, Peru. Oh, I thought and here in Boise, Idaho. Bolivia. So explain, why did you hear that in the streets? Because they'd be walking around with like wheelbarrows full of fruit to sell. Manzana, manzana. It was apple, kind of apple. like the... Ice cream truck, except it was all sorts of stuff. Okay, they bring yeah. all sorts of stuff down the streets. I oh, loved yeah. it. It was, it was like the ice cream was in Bolivia. It was Latina de Pata, which is cowfoot jello, literally oh. translated jello, hoof jello. Hoof jello. It was real gross, but kids loved it like ice cream. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, the other one was banano, banano, banano. Yeah. <laughs> I loved that you could just walk around and buy stuff randomly. Well, you still can. I know. But I mean, like, <laughs> on the street here, people aren't walking by my house selling apples. Maybe we should try it. <laughs> Have our kids go out with a wheelbarrow. <laughs> I feel like they would sell Apples, apples, apples. With a megaphone? Like, that's how, because that's how they do it. Do we have a megaphone? Yeah. Does anyone, say, Don't you have one at your work? Does yeah. anyone want to buy apples? <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee our kids could probably make a killing on our streets. Yeah, probably just in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> just in the cul-de-sac. <laughs> Whether anyone really wanted them or ate them or not. Just <laughs> Oh, they would eat them. We have so many healthy people on this street. They'd be yeah, and we they just love got their rhubarb kids. from our neighbor. Yeah. Also, can we talk about how I feel like you guys are becoming your neighbors? <laughs> Yeah. Mind you, most Let's of Matt and Jessica's it. neighbors are in the 90 plus age range. 80 plus. 80 plus. 80 plus. Some of them 100 plus. Yes. Multiple of them. No, just one. Oh, okay. Yeah, we, we brought the average age of our street down to about 75. Yeah. <laughs> but this morning, I messaged him something about the podcast real early because it's while it was on my mind. And Jessica said, yeah, I'll, I'll get to it as soon as we're done with our morning walk. <laughs> it's like six in the morning. And y'all are out on a walk. Steve, haven't you known this about this us? We've been doing this for almost two years now. Yeah. Since you moved onto this cul-de-sac. <laughs> yeah. Since Matt decided to like take this new like uh, live his best life thing. He's his done best all this self resembles a ninety year old's life. You know what? Yep. <laughs> They're smart. You're also driving a Cadillac. Yep. <laughs> as previously referenced in the last episode. But mind you, it is the cool Cadillac. Yeah, like, it is. It is cool. Steve, we go to bed. We try to go to bed at 9.45. And between 9.45 and 10.15 is our goal. Matt gets up at 5.50. I get up at like 6.15. And then we do some studying. And then we go for a walk at 6.50. 6 
It's very good for us. It's y'all, a great way elders. to start the day. <laughs> no, but seriously, if you want to create some space in your relationship to just be together, go for a walk every day. We do a two-mile loop. It takes us like 32 minutes. Yep. And sometimes we don't say a word to each other, and other times we chat about all sorts of stuff. But it's been so good. It's been awesome. And it's good time to move your body. It's just one-on-one time. Yeah. And I honestly feel better about my day like, I feel like I've accomplished stuff if we go on a walk and I've already done, like, my scripture study and my journaling and my – I'm reading Dave Hollis's new book right now, um, but, like, some sort of – While you walk. Self-improvement stuff. No, safe. but I could listen to his book while we walk. If she doesn't want to talk to me. And honestly, we don't go every day, but we we, we were a for a while. Yeah. And we kind of – I think last year I walked over, like, 400 miles. When When <laughs> – that's we like started the, the school. The Oregon Trail. <laughs> the Oregon. So, no, it's way more, but. <laughs> when we started school this year, we had three kids at three different schools, and that kind of has thrown loop. us for a yeah. loop. But we still try to do the walks when we can. Well, and one of them just starts a lot earlier now because he's in junior high. Yeah. So. And why do y'all have three different kids at three different schools? Because that's what happens when you're divorced and you're co parenting. Do you want to expound on that? Junior high. None of our kids go to a school that's in our school boundaries. (laughs) Penny goes in your school boundaries and his goes in his ex-wife's school boundaries. I have a friend who she has five kids and they go to four different schools. So where is Penny supposed to go if if it was in your boundaries? I'm not going to say it. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But I wanted her to go to the school that's in your school boundaries. It's perfect because she. I don't know what direction. (laughs) Matt's saying that direction. That means nothing to me. What school is there? You probably haven't driven past it a lot. Hmm. No. Weird. We'll tell you after. All right. All right. So Steve wants to go back to the conversation about why Matt decided we weren't going to have a baby as soon as we got married. Was it my decision? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll take it. (laughs) I'll take it. I literally remember within like, I want to say 24 hours, but maybe it was 48 hours of getting married. You told me we weren't having another kid. It was probably a few days. What conversations had you guys had prior to your marriage about kids? We were going to have another kid. Yeah. I thought it was a good idea. (laughs) But at the same time, like, you got to remember, like, we both haven't had sex in a long time. And so... And as previously like, established, Matt thought sex was only for creating children. Yeah. And then once he married me and it was a couple days in, he realized I didn't care if we had sex to not have children. So then he changed so his I was mind. Like, cool. <laughs> we don't have to have kids anymore. Oh, I forgot about all the sex that we talked about in that episode. It drops yeah. tomorrow. So why, Jessica, you've made comments previously that, and I don't, know that I remember specifics of this from our marriage, but that you knew you weren't going to have kids anymore after Penny. So I remember you and I started trying to have another baby right after, which don't you don't remember, remember this. I know we never went back on birth control, either of us. Which is basically... <laughs> but I don't remember ever wanting another baby, at least not that soon. You wanted a kid. and In fact, you were a driving force about us having children in general. I mean, I wanted a kid, but I wasn't like... He still is. <laughs> I know. I really wanted you guys to have a kid. I still do. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. I need a baby in my life that's no. like... But here's the thing is it took us almost... A baby-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> it took us almost five years to have a kid, you and I, Steve. Mm-hmm. And while there's nothing that's been determined that there's any fertility issues with either of us, I don't get pregnant. And so I guess I we mean, you, make, you bring up a good years. point. Of our seven years of marriage, we used birth control for the first six months. Not even that. And we had one kid in those seven years. So I guess yeah. that's. And I've talked to my doctor about this and she was like, wait a second. Because they ask you, are you on birth control? Are you? And I'm like, no. And she's like, well, do you want a kid? And I'm like, no. How many kids could we have had? <laughs> Oh dear! You tally seven that up. years, so six months Let's of birth control. Right another no, I want to another six and a half years. Someone do the math and call us real quick. And six call and a half us. years divided. Call in people right split now. Split into nine months. How many is that? Have you heard that people have tried to call in? <laughs> they think I'm going to tell them. I can tell them, and then they realize it's not live. <laughs> when we oh, say it's something. like your friend that said she yeah. wanted, she didn't want to interrupt us. Oh gosh. <laughs> we anyway, we could have had like eight kids. 
Penny always likes to oh my likes to bring up that if you and I had had baby right when we started trying, she would be older than Hank. How old would she be? Fifteen? Fourteen or fifteen. Whoa. Crazy. She'd be driving. She'd be fourteen. Isn't that nuts? Or <laughs> <laughs> if you'd have had a baby at the same time Matt did compared to his marriage, oh. she'd be sixteen. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, really. Oh Anyways. Gosh. I just don't get pregnant for some reason, and I don't know what that reason is. And neither do I. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, like, you and I literally, for almost two years after I had Penny, never did anything to prevent it at all. And we were still having sex, and I just never got pregnant. And then Matt determined we weren't having a kid. But honestly... It was a few days into our honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. And Matt's making all the big decisions. As I'm panicking. <laughs> as I'm going through the scenario of my current scenario that I'm in, I have a new wife, a new family, stepchild. We're not doing anything. I else. don't want a kid. <laughs> now, here's Had one. Have you really been open to the idea of having a kid? Absolutely. To that? Absolutely. Matt loves babies. I love kids. Matt is and, good with babies. And He's so, here's, so good. here's what. And this is something that I, I wish we would have brought up, or I wish I would have brought up in our last episode, because in our last episode we were talking. I was talking a lot about I was so scared of failing. Yeah. Right? And one thing that, in thinking about it, like, what was I successful at at this point, or at that point in our last episode, is one of those places that I felt like I was successful was I knew I was a good dad. Yeah. And I knew that my kids loved their time with me. And I loved being a dad. I love kids. I love interacting with them. I think that they're, I mean, children are so, they're fun. Yeah. Be, their innocence is so, they're just, yeah. It's awesome. In my mind, I can always feel very close to what I call the spirit when I'm around children. Like that pure joy, that pure, pure joy. innocence, and that, yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it's, you can't help but be around a kid and have some sort of thought-provoking, like, right. like the miracle of life, the miracle of creation. Like, yeah. Absolutely. There's something very... I mean, I just like it. sitting at dinner with Penny tonight. It's like, this kid is getting a little bit of attitude. Where'd she learn that? That's amazing. <laughs> like... She was on one tonight. Yeah. It's pretty funny. It's because you should have seen her. We had a photo shoot today because we've been doing those project runway designs. And she was feeling so she it, man. She was modeling the she clothes felt she had so designed. Cute. Right. And it was so fun to see her just like own adorable. that. Get and, into character. Yeah. Anyways. So I this think was... it was the mariachi, mariachi music that I was playing during dinner. <laughs> that was good, too. I mean, it was Cinco, Cinco de Mayo, so. So I remember when Matt told me this, that we weren't having any more kids being like, what? Okay. But then also thinking, I'm not going to worry about this right now. Because even if we don't have kids, it'll be fine. If we do have a kid, it'll be fine. And honestly, I bet this is just nerves of having just got married. I did convince him to try again like probably three years ago about three years ago. Oh, it was three years ago because we would have had a kid the same age close to the same age as heather and jed yeah and um what led up to that i, I just really felt like i needed to at least give it a try i didn't want to stress about it yes and honestly we had never been on i'd never gone on birth control when matt and i have been married like we don't we're not great about protection protection <laughs> And so really, honestly, there's no reason I couldn't be pregnant or couldn't have gotten pregnant. And so I was just like, but I need to know we actually tried. I don't want to put all of the stress of infertility treatments and stuff into it and whatever, but. Jessica <laughs> keeps waving her hand at me because I'm. Fiddling. I'm coiling my microphone cord into the shape of a beehive. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Anyways. My cord is put away. <laughs> Thank you for putting that away. <laughs> and I had had this moment when Steve and I were married, about six months after Penny was born, feeling like 
I really needed to enjoy my time with Penny because, it, and not that I wouldn't have anyways, but really understood that this is probably the only kid I'm going to have and just need to embrace that. And I'm so grateful I had that impression and I have no idea why I did. The other feeling that came along with that was that there are other things I'm supposed to do in this life. And this right here, like us sitting in this room doing this podcast, I'm getting all choked up about it. It's literally one of those things that I thought, we are going to share what we've been through and experienced with people to help them. And while having another kid would be great and it's a wonderful thing to do, it's not something I am going to be blessed with. Like those were literally the impressions and thoughts that I had. And I'm truly grateful that I had that feeling because it has made it so much easier in those moments that I have wanted a baby and wanted another kid and wanted to experience that, especially with Matt, to understand that it's okay. It's just not part of my plan. Why are you snickering at me? Because you guys would have had the cutest little baby. We would have had the cutest little baby. I was picturing a little teeny tiny baby with Matt's haircut. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's why I was snickering. (laughs) Well, even to this day, I was just going to say this, even to this day, Jessica's like, I wonder what a little Matt would be like just walking around here. I just would, want a, I want a little boy. It would like, be like Holden. I just, I know. And I think that's why I've latched on to my nephews. I So after Matt and I got married, there are two more babies born into the family. No, not after, but there have been two more babies born into the family. And I love those little guys. Like I love all of my nieces and nephews. But I think it was because at that point I knew I probably wasn't going to have another one. And so it's they're connected to me, you know, they're my nephews. And I always wanted a little Matt. <laughs> and I didn't, nope. I'm not going to get one. I was so excited when you told me that you two were trying. Yeah. I I may have been more excited than you. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sure I wasn't. But I just loved the idea of you guys having a baby. Yeah. And like, no, I totally agree. Me having a little sibling. And I had every intention of just now and again being like, Hey, I'm here to pick up Penny, but I'd love to take the little guy for, you know, for a day. (laughs) Yeah, I knew. I knew we'd have plenty of sitters to help and stuff. And so Matt did. I said, I just need six months. Like, please give me. And you told me three. Yeah, I was going to say, I think we But then we, I think we kept trying for a while after that. I I slid Not to my knowledge. Well, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I planned things accordingly. But I just knew it wasn't something I could put emotional stress into. Yeah. If it was something that came easily during that time, we would have embraced it. But we have so much other stuff going on. And until that point, we were not even ready to consider emotionally like it wasn't an option to have a kid because we were so emotionally strung out until a good two years into our marriage. I feel like things started to settle then. And then we got strung out for other reasons, yeah, but not because of us. Like my thoughts into this, like months after we got married, including, you know, our honeymoon as well. It's like just having that thought of our kids. I don't know. I just had that feeling and thought of our kids are going to be dealing with so much anyways. Yeah. And people always say, oh, it brings you closer. It brings your kids closer because they have this connected sibling. And that might sibling. be true. It might be, but it's not necessary for everybody. And this is our own path. And that's what we decided. Yeah. And honestly, what it does come down to is I don't get pregnant anyways. Like for some reason, it's just not something I... I yeah. easily do. And I'm not I'm not going back into the hormones and stuff. We would be a disaster if we got me on hormones because I was a mess. Yeah, I already have plenty of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Matt, your two kids have other step-siblings besides Penny. Yeah. Yeah. There's just a lot. It's just a lot for everybody to process and deal with. And honestly... I think one of the things that has really saved Matt and I, other than I know both of us have said at one point, like being at church was a good thing. Like knowing the other one was solid in their testimony was honestly a huge part of keeping us together in the beginning. But also that we had time when we don't have kids. Like that's really nice when you get married and you jump into a marriage where you have kids there. It's nice to be able to have time to still built in date nights. Yeah. There's a whole lot of other crap that comes with that, but at least you get time to yourselves that you can enjoy and take advantage of. So, no kid. It's not going to happen unless it's like some random thing, but 
So jumping back to our timeline. Yeah. I wanted to make a comment about the last recording real quick. It's interesting to me because literally Matt and I have never gone back and rehashed this because I think we both understand where we made our issues. And so we both just moved on. But it was so interesting to hear Matt say the things he does did. And I know it's going to continue. Like, I've never heard you take ownership of that. Like you that just what, did. what are you referring to? The, yeah. Just the fact that you really did struggle in the beginning of our marriage and that you were really that far, like ready to give up that soon into our marriage because I felt that and I felt that that's what you f- were feeling, but it was never vocalized. And so I never knew how to process. I wasn't sure if I was making it up or not. Yeah. And I was like, is this all in my head? And you know what's crazy is written right here. I got my journals out. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> written in my journal. That's what I'm saying. Written right here. I'm asking myself the questions that are in my Boldology journal. What are you asking? And I did not look at this before I wrote those. And they're not identical, but same idea. It says August 11th, what 2013. Year? So this is like this is four year. weeks into our marriage. And I said, what can I do more? Where do my priorities lie? Am I hanging on to something that I need to let go of? What is out of my control that I need to release? And it's just interesting that that's like the first thing I've written since that I have written. I don't know if there's more journal entries before this, but I can't find them. Yeah, because you were trying to find your journal entry from wedding and shortly after. And do you know what else it says in the same entry? Entry it says... Remember who I am and what I have felt and experienced. I know what is best for me and my daughter. Be confident, be bold, be strong, be me. Anyways, I thought that was interesting. That's cool. So yeah, now we can keep going. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so what's next? In my journal or in our timeline? timeline? I don't know. We really do need to like sit down to write out some sort of timeline. and We uh, will. So there are two big events that we just brought up before we recorded because I wanted to make sure they were ones we covered yeah. that I remember happening. And they are both trips. Trips. And I remember one of them. One trip that we went on as a family. Yeah. And one that I ended up going on by myself. Well, and Penny. Penny. Mm-hmm. And I honestly don't know which one came first. I, it was the the one to California one yeah. was first, right? Because it was, it was a couple months after we got married. Yeah. Because it was still warm. It was still warm enough to go to Lake Tahoe. Yeah. And so it had to been, it was, I think it was near September-ish, October-ish. Um, no, it was early because in these first couple entries, I talk about climbing the Grand. Okay. So then it was. It was probably like five weeks into our marriage. Yeah. So August. Okay, the Grand is nowhere near Tahoe. No, they're two, two separate trips. trips. Okay. <laughs> one trip we take to Tahoe. And another one was to go climb the Grand. Meaning the Grand Tetons. The Grand Tetons. He's amazing. This amazing mountain range in Idaho, Wyoming. Yeah. So. So let's hear about these trips. We went to California. Yeah. Who Lake went? Tahoe. Who went? Our family. All of Matt and I and our kids. Me. <laughs> Me. <laughs> and the Penny. three kids. And the three kids. Yep. Yeah. And then Matt's cousin drove down with us because she was going to school in yeah. Idaho. She wasn't married yet. No. Yeah. So we all drove down. And I remember in the car ride driving down there, it was like, how long of a drive is it? Eight, nine hours? No, it's like six, seven hours. I swear it gets shorter every time you tell me. No. But we drive there and Matt like does not talk to me. At all. At all. Why? The whole drive. Why? Do you remember this? Yeah, I remember it. I remember trying to like have conversations and I'm like, oh, this poor girl in the car with us because Matt's like, won't engage. Why? I don't know. I don't know. Matt. I, don't, I, I really don't. But you remember that. Yeah, I remember. I'm glad I, remember. I remember not talking. Was it yeah. intentional? Well, not talking is really was it hard sil- to do. Was it silent treatment or was it? I don't know. Were you deep in thought? No. <laughs> so we're dri- we drive down there and I'm like, this it is... Could have been, it could have been something triggered that. Yeah. Of... Oh, who knows? Some little thing might have... With the kids probably. And... We're loading up and 
Do you remember? Did you ever go on trips with my parents? Did you ever go on trips with my parents? <laughs> my dad, like. Did they get in fights right before you left? Oh, every time. My parents too. What? Every single How time. How do we not know this about each other? <laughs> oh, you have so much in common. It was just like everybody, all of the kids, shut up. Yeah. Don't get in the way and just let mom and dad do their thing until we're on the road. No, it then it'll be okay. Let dad throw his stuff, <laughs> my stuff. <laughs> there goes mom's stuff. Okay, dad, are you good? This is going to be such a fun trip. <laughs> I can't wait to go on this family vacation. Dad, are you done being pissed? This is literally how we it was every time. We are five minutes late. He's getting way pissed now. <laughs> and so I thought, you know, maybe this was Matt's thing on trips. We'd been on another trip, but we were dating, and so that didn't count. Yeah. So anyways, like literally nothing. And then we got there, and it was the same thing. Like, unless you had to talk to me about the kids, we didn't engage. And why were you going on this trip? To go see Matt's aunt. For fun. (laughs) It sounds like it. It was so fun. (laughs) Yeah, to go see Grandma Penny. Yeah. And I remember Penny, because we stayed at their house for a few days, and then we went to Tahoe. And Penny, at some point when we were in Tahoe. Got to be specific. Grandma Penny. Sorry. Grandma Penny, who's actually Matt's aunt. (laughs) <laughs> but we call her Grandma Penny, pulling me aside and just being like, what is wrong? Like, what is going on here? And I just, like, fell apart. I'm like, I don't know. He won't talk to me. I've tried. He gets in bed at night. He won't. He doesn't talk to me. He doesn't touch me. We just go to bed. And I remember from that trip, I had, like, your moment with your parents when yeah. you went to your parents' house, that was my time. I went outside and was walking up and down the street with the on the phone with my mom, just bawling, saying, I think when I come home, I have to move out. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just am like such a mess. And just trying to like, like it says in this journal entry, like rack my brain of how I can get you to connect with me. Yeah. Because I just needed like one little thing. Like I didn't need a lot because... I really am okay with people taking time to process. I learned that with Steve. Like sometimes people just need space to get through stuff, but I needed something. And I And unlike Steve, like I wasn't at a point no, where you could or give that to me to communicate anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's worth noting that it took me 5 years of our marriage Jessica to get yeah. to the point that I was willing to communicate openly. But you wouldn't explode on me when you did communicate though. Like you would eventually you gave me little bits enough, and you still engaged with me even when you didn't. That, that sounds totally off, but but like you still would talk to me. It just wasn't as connected as when you actually. You just knew there was a whole lot more. Yes, behind the scenes that I needed I was... to know about, and that you were keeping from me. But at least you would still, you were still affectionate. You still told me you loved me. Matt stopped telling me he loved me like as soon as we got out, like the day after we got married. And so there was just like a lot for me to take in. And how do I know this man still wants to be married to me? Because I don't feel like he does. And I just need something to let me know he does. Or I just need to be done. Right. Like so that's how Matt was feeling. Had talked to your mom on the phone, Jessica, and said, when I get back, I think I need to just move out. Pick up there and keep going. I talked to one of my friends too from Colorado and just called her sobbing. And I was just out there. I was out there for like an hour and a half, I think, just walking around by myself trying to figure out <laughs> now, was this, what I needed. Was this in Auburn? Or no, was this, this is in, in Tahoe. In Tahoe? Mm-hmm. At the cabin. Do you remember, Matt, where your mind was at at this time? Uh, thinking about my bikes. <laughs> yeah, they were mountain biking. We were mountain biking. I mean, we still did stuff. It just wasn't... It was us engaging with other people, but not each other. Yeah. I just had a panic moment thinking I didn't hit record. <laughs> It's recording. <laughs> I am the one that hit record. Oh, good job. Maybe that's why I panicked, just because I usually hit record. Yeah, you said you, you just sat there and you wanted usually start somebody the else to start it. <laughs> so I started it. Oh. Okay, deep breath. So anyways. And I don't, I honestly do not know or remember why. Why I was so silent. Why... I didn't want to engage. And again, I'm just speculating. I I don't know the exact reason why. But I I don't know. It's one of those feelings of we're going to a place that I went 
directly after yeah. Anne and I split. I mean, the week after. Yeah. You went to Grandma Penny's. To Grandma Penny's. And that was where I was able to just relax and not have really any worry of, you know, yeah. You went there to quit worrying and to be taken care of. And I think that's what you did. Yeah. I think you relaxed and quit worrying and just kind of like pretended Penny and I weren't there. Yeah. Because I think that's when Grandma Penny confronted me was when something with Penny went down and she was like, like it was like Penny wasn't there. And she was like, what just happened? (laughs) I, I don't know what's going on. I don't know. I don't understand. I'm trying to understand. And I was I was going through all these things I had learned in engaging with Steve of okay, how do I how do I change this conversation for him? How do I show up still for myself? But like, how do I let things go so that I can show up for you? So that I can fix whatever this void is that you're feeling or get you to tell me what it is I'm doing that's just like tearing you apart and I couldn't I couldn't figure it out and you had really become a pro by the end of our marriage of <laughs> being able to tell when something was up little did she know <laughs> I was a pro in a totally different way I literally like I almost wonder if that was to the detriment of the situation here if because when I was silent or shut down or withdrew or... no no I get, I get what you're saying, but I honestly feel like you just can't have a good relationship unless you're willing to talk about things. Mm-hmm. It's right. not possible. And, and Matt, it, you've already admitted that you were not willing to he, at this point. No he way. He wasn't able to, and there were. And I don't know why. S- and it's okay. You were overwhelmed. Like it was a lot to take on. I get that, and I'm not. I'm not mad about it. I'm not like I hold nothing. Because we've gotten to such a good place. And I knew we would. And there was this part of me that I think the only reason I hung on is because I knew you and I were supposed to be together. Like, I felt that so strongly. Kind of like I felt that so strongly when I married Steve. It's like, there is so much good here. And we are so perfect together. We're going to get there. Yeah, We're going to get there. And Steve kept telling me that too. It took me five years to talk to you. It took me five years to be honest with you all the time, like to really be communicative. And he's like, you give him space, give him time. It's going to be fine. And I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah, it did worry me that you would hold Matt to the level that you and I ended things with, which was like our, I know this sounds weird to say, but it was like our best communication. (laughs) You know, we... Our communication was, we were great at it by then. And yeah. I worried that that was the same level that you expected to jump into this marriage with Matt. Yeah. At. And, and did you? No. And actually I say in here, like that wasn't what I expected. I expected there to be a learning curve and like for us to work through a lot of crap because there was a lot of crap to work through. I, where did I just read that? Somewhere in here it talks about I just need, like I just said, I just need something to let me know he cares about me. And I put in here at one point, I just hope that we can find the fun and happiness in our relationship again because we have fun together. And then I said at another point, you know, I he used to tell me he loved me. He used to flirt with me. He used to do silly things like like you do now, slap me on the butt or whatever, you know, silly things to to be affectionate. You're not affectionate like Steve was, but you do other things that remind me that you like me. <laughs> and none of those were happening. Oh, I said no compliments. Like you never told me that I looked good or said anything about me yeah. one way or the other. And so it was just like, and and that was the other thing is I felt like there wasn't even like negative thrown out there. So I couldn't even figure out what I was doing wrong. No, there was nothing there's nothing. Yeah. Matt, do you remember a difference about why, you know, based on what she's saying that you used to tell her you loved her, that you used to be silly or compliment or affectionate, and then you stopped? Do you remember stopping? Were you aware oh, yeah. that it had stopped? Yep. Why? I mean, talk me through that. It all comes down to responsibility. 
Yeah, I think he was just so scared of this responsibility and like the experiences that you'd had. Like I get yeah. why that leads somebody to shut down in the way you did. I get it. So it was a consequence of just, I mean, it sounds to me like you were almost just paralyzed by this dread of not living up to this level of responsibility that you were holding yourself to. Some yeah. of which was necessary. Yes, you now had a wife and one more child. Some of which was really getting blown out of proportion in your mind. Absolutely. Like. There and are so many false beliefs that I was... Hanging on to. Hanging on to myself. Yeah. And <laughs> we are the worst judgment of character for our own selves than anybody will ever be. And it sounds to me and, like the biggest false belief you are hanging on to is this marriage is going to fail. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly what was going through my mind. Of, other than, like, there were points where I was trying to figure out, like, what does this look like to separate from Jessica? Like, let's, you want let's to? pull this freaking Band-Aid off yeah. and be done. Yeah. Like. And I felt yeah. that so hard that he just wanted me gone. And so it's like. And, and that, <laughs> I was like a leech. That just wouldn't let go. <laughs> I, I don't I mean, like that we, analogy, but I mean, it sounds like a scenario a where you're a koala, where you're so sure that you're going to fail that you want to just hurry up and screw it up. Yeah, and as quickly just as get it over with. Just because I, I don't want to sit through the pain and agony that it took me through my first freaking marriage. Let's just get it done. Like I'm, I'm done with this. If it's gonna end, just end it now. Obviously, I can't get along with women. And I was just trying to show him that he could. Or, <laughs> like, it, like, it's not the fact that I couldn't get along with men. I couldn't get along your with wife. wives. Yeah. And uh, literally, like, I think, too, like, we, we've, I don't know if you guys do, but I have aunts and uncles who have been married, you know, four, five, six, ten times. Who knows? And it's like, in my mind, I'm telling myself, well, I guess I'm just one of them of consistently just failing at marriage. And let's just be done with it. I'm done. Like, there's no reason to talk this out. At some point, I recall being relayed a, a conversation, I suppose, through you, Jessica, of, and I don't know, maybe I'm jumping ahead too far because I don't know when this was, but of you telling Matt that you're not happy and giving reasons why, and Matt, you basically responding, like, I don't know, what you had told me, Jessica, led me to believe that Matt just... That you just had, you were sure you were not going to be able to make her happy. You were sure that you were not going to be able to. It was basically a response of, if you're not happy with me, then go. I think. I can't make you happy. Go. I think I remember this conversation because this is one of the things that really woke me up to the fact that I needed to not trust in you as an emotional support, even though I needed emotional support during this time. And you're talking about me. She's pointing to me. I'm talking about Steve. Sorry. I just needed somebody besides, I mean, I had my parents, but that's a hard relationship to tell them everything that's going on in the moment because they get, it's your parents, they're protective and, and they knew a lot of what was going on, but I just, I wanted to protect Matt and mine's relationship Mm -hmm. and I knew you weren't going to judge him, but in doing that, that's not really, that's not appropriate. And I'm pretty sure you and I were having this message by text and I sent a text and I sent it to Matt. And I remember just being devastated of like... Oh, you sent a text that you thought was going to me and it yes, went to Matt? Yes, and it went to Matt. And I said, at the end of that conversation, I said, he couldn't even tell me he loves me anymore. And I was crushed. And I sent that text to Matt. And yeah. we were putting the kids to bed. And you just like, I walked into the room. No, we, I remember exactly when, when I received that text. Yeah. We weren't putting the kids to bed. I was getting ready to go to work. Oh, that maybe you were morning. saying goodbye to him or something. I, I don't was know. up snuggling with Sarah yeah. before I had to go to work. And this text message pops out of my phone. Yeah. And that's just like, meh. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I remember like going up to the bedroom where you were and you like looking at me and then just turning and walking away. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I just ended this. I just ended my relationship because I texted my ex-husband 
And I don't know if you knew who it was going to or not, but I just, that was a wake up call for me. I didn't know who it was going to. I thought, in my mind, I thought it was going to your friend Tara. Yeah, which would make sense because I talked to Tara a ton. (laughs) Tara was saying this weekend we hung out with her and she was saying that she's like, I love listening to this because I was there for all of it. All of these relationships. (laughs) But anyways, I just, that was a good moment for me to realize that I had to not put so much into you. Like I could not be sharing so much with Steve. I needed to rechannel my energy. And if you weren't willing to connect with me emotionally, I had to find somebody else that was not my (laughs) ex-husband. Makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it does. That was a, yeah. And I remember how much when I would hear those kinds of things from you or that conversation and others like it, how it would just make me absolutely sick to my stomach with worry and with guilt. Because again, as previously established, I still very much felt responsible for any of your heartache. And and my mind would spiral down to, she shouldn't be going through this. She shouldn't be struggling in a second marriage to try and connect with someone with shouldn't be struggling as a stepmom, shouldn't be struggling. Like, had I lived up to my end of the bargain, had I been <laughs> the man I was trying to be and failed to be, Jessica would not be experiencing this heartache. She would still be in a happy marriage. And and I felt bad that you took that on because I knew you felt that as well. And here's the other thing is, I remember like owning up to these things that I did that were stupid and trying to figure out how to make it better and what I could do, you know, like that's just my thing. That's how I evaluate myself. And I remember, what was I going to say? Oh, feeling like you were just saying, Steve, like, haven't I been through enough hell in this first relationship? Like, and not that our relationship, our marriage was hell, Steve, but it emotionally taxing. And I thought that that some of that was going to get lifted when I got remarried and it didn't. <laughs> And just trying to figure that out. And yeah, I don't know how we made it through all this. I don't know either. Because <laughs> that conversation I just described, I feel like we had that conversation. A lot. So many times. I bet yeah. I heard 15 different times that you were moving out. Yeah. And now that I'm doing the math in my head. It was for a long time. It was a long time. Yeah. yeah. I can think of a date right now. <laughs> just leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> We'll talk about it. Um, I know know. what you're thinking of. Okay. (laughs) But. How do you know what I'm thinking of? I know. (laughs) I just. I don't. I'm in the dark. No, we'll talk about it later. Here until next week, probably. No, not until later. (laughs) But the thing is, like, this is. I loved you, and I, I obviously still do. But it was. Like, it was so hard for us to figure this out. And I... Well, I go back to these thoughts of how did we get through that? Yeah. And so I I remember this trip to Lake Tahoe. And correct me if I'm wrong, but I remember going to church. Yeah. With my aunt and uncle. Mm -hmm. And feeling peace there. Yeah. And I think we both felt it there. Yeah. I think we both felt like, okay, let's take some deep breaths. Let's get this figured out because we both know that this is something that we're bound to be together for some reason. Yeah. And again, I mean, we can get into like the conversations that we were having with our bishop. Poor bishop. Right. And not only our bishop, but also the stake president. Yeah. Like, this was well, and that came later down the road. It did. Sturgill. Yeah. Yeah, Sturgill. So, who as married a, as us. As a refresher, this is the same bishop that... Married us in the That was church. my bishop yeah. when Jessica and I split with yeah. our bishop. And yeah. now he's a bishop of you two. Oh, dear. Yeah. So, along your point, Matt, I feel like in a lot of things in life, I feel like there's other parallels here, but in a relationship or in any struggle in life, like, there can be, you know a ton, a string of very difficult, very, a lot of defeat. 
and then a moment of some peace, yep. some clarity of mind, some reassurance, yeah. some very like internal source of reassurance that connection. This is going to be okay. Yep. You are on the right path. Yeah. Keep trying. Keep, keep going. And I feel like you you that I mean that's what you got at church that day you were saying, right? Right. I think I think we had just enough moments of that to, that somehow kept us and we had fun times during all this. It wasn't like everything was horrible, but the first probably eight weeks were really a shit show. And then things started getting a little more it was still a mess, but at least there were more spots of fun. Yeah. Where we could kind of let go of it all for at least a day. <laughs> And remember why we have fun together, what we really liked about each other. What was some of the fun? What do you remember? I don't. We'd go climbing together. We yeah. started that pretty early on. Yeah, that was fun. We got like passes. We'd get monthly passes every once in a while. And we'd go climb together. We biked. Yep. That first year at Christmas time, we both, and this is jumping ahead, but we both got each other or road bikes. Yep. So we obviously, I mean, we wanted to do stuff together. That's the only reason we would have bought them is to go road bike together. So there were moments of that. Yeah. And so it's, I think what I was always trying to do was to figure out how to get Matt to be vulnerable with me because you were not in a place to put yourself out there at all, to be vulnerable. And that's what makes a relationship work is when you're willing to put it on the table. Right. That's what you showed me, Steve, when we first got, before we got married, when you told me, your dirt is freaking, you know, whatever your baggage, <laughs> which you considered your dirt at the time. Uh -huh. And so therefore I knew we could have those conversations anyways. Yeah. So all of you guys out there that are struggling in your marriage, we get it. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes, I mean, sometimes you hang on and sometimes you get that piece that you should be done. It's just different for everybody. But for me, that's a takeaway from tonight is... You can struggle for so dang long and feel so defeated, but you get that little glimpse here and there of it's going to be okay, and that makes it worth continuing the fight. Yeah. Just <laughs> enough to like re-set your determination. There are two statements that were made during that first year that I remember, and one of them you firmly deny you ever said to me. Which was what? <laughs> you said that I was a dream killer. I not it wasn't specifically to you. I I have did preface it that you would deny it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not denying that I ever said that, but I've referred to that. Marriage is a dream killer. No, to children, children. You said that to children, and you then said it about me because okay, I remember said you had said children? that the children are dream killers because you have to like put all of this energy into children, and he was joking about that totally one. Totally joking. But when because you said it to me. my love for children, I love them. Yeah, he does. Loves those little dream killers. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, you little dream killer. Kids are like the best type of dream killer. I mean, like, sure, there are things that you won't get to do they because you have. They kill dreams that don't really matter. Exactly. exactly. And replace them they, with dreams that do. Yes. The best types of dreams. And at that point, you didn't understand that a marriage could help you get to your dreams instead of kill it. True. And that's where that came from. And then there was some other, oh, we've brought this up before, the saying that when you get to the like end of the journey, that's everything will be okay. If it's not okay, then it's not the end or some crap like that. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> I hate that saying because I'm a firm believer there should be joy and happiness and peace along the way. We are sent here to find that, to have joy, to have peace, to have happiness, and to enjoy ourselves like to and create joy for other right. people. Right. And you said that to me. As like, well, obviously, we're not at the end because this is crap. Basically implying, basically. Basically implying that the whole journey was going to be awful, but you yes, had to stick it out to but experience he had, some he happiness. Had to, <laughs> he had to sit through this crap anyways. And I was like, I was so mad after you said that. I was like, oh my gosh. And I called you out on that. I was like, that's bull crap. <laughs> I probably didn't say And anything. it is, it no. is bull crap. If you're, if you think that, uh, just saying in general, if, if someone thinks that, the journey, it's all hard work and pain and struggle to get to some joy. Like, 
you're not doing Something's the right thing. Wrong. Something's Something wrong. Something is yes. wrong, and you need to. And I would agree with that. Like yeah. life should be enjoyable now. Like there's something, not necessarily that not you're always. doing something wrong, but something, something. can change. Yeah, yes. and it's not You always, should be able to yeah. find some joy in your journey every day, even through the if hard it, stuff. And of course, little. some days are going to be way more awful than others, but it's just, it, yeah, you can't, you can't wait till the end of life to, to expect enjoy it. some happiness. Yeah. Well, yeah all right. One, one thing that I, <laughs> one thing that I have done in the last few years is try and write down things where I have won in that day. Like where are my wins from that day? And really reflect on the fact that there is joy in every single day and reflect on that. Yeah. And so, yeah. Makes a difference. I wish I probably should have done that, you know, six years ago. That's okay. We're in a good place. Yeah. We're better for it, probably. I used to ask Penny for a while. (laughs) I don't know why this bothered her and she would refuse to answer. But I used to ask her at bedtime, what was the best part and the worst part of your day? I just always liked reflecting on that. What was the highlight? What was the hardest part? And I quit doing it because for some reason she would always just say, everything. Everything was the best. Yeah. So I'm like, you can't say that. Everything can't be the best. And it just like, (laughs) then it led to like this whole discussion about, it's all got to be relative, Penny. Something has to be better than the other. I was just. Now it's like, everything is the worst at bedtime. She's like, and then this went wrong. And then this was bad. And I'm like, Penny. She hasn't done that in my house lately. She did it once in like probably the last three She's done it like a couple. Yeah. It's only been a few times. But she tried to tell me at bedtime recently. This is just how I feel every night. I just can't sleep. And she's I'm like, just too tired. Oh crap, girl. It's just when she's too you tired. You fell asleep in five minutes the last seven nights in a row. Yeah. So stop your boobin, turn off Harry Potter, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> but right. on that note, tomorrow I will go over where I felt uncomfortable from today. Yeah. To it's really always ref- good. really reflect on where where was I uncomfortable yesterday? And what that ends up doing is putting in together a task list of how can I change that? How can I change that so I don't feel uncomfortable again? In how those can I certain areas see it better? How can I yep. yeah embrace it differently? That's part of my journal too. Yeah, I it's, think we're out of time for yeah, this this week's a long episode. One. But next week we're going to talk about the grand. Oh yeah, the grand will be the where grand. we start in. That yeah. was a big turning point. If you don't know what the Grand is, Google it right now. Grand Tetons. Yeah, because I have never summited the Grand, and I would love to. I won't go with you. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) I've done it. (laughs) All right. Until next week. See ya. Hey, everyone. For the takeaway this week, we just wanted to really let you guys know that it is so important to love yourselves. We change. Our bodies change. Things change. And so we got to learn to love ourselves in a new way, no matter what phase of life. And don't let anybody tell you where you should be at or what you should be doing. You pay attention to what feels right for you. If you enjoyed today's episode, please go share it on social media. Take a screenshot, tag husband-in-law. And if you have a question, go to Apple Podcasts and put a rating and review and write the question in the review. We will be sure to answer it for you. 